Welcome to the finals. It's the final episode of Supercoach Guns and Adrianosaurus when it comes to BBL. You heard the song, How You Like Me Now. Well, that's not me. That's not me singing it for me. It's an homage to the absolute goat of BBL Supercoach, Andrew Langley. This bloke has gone back to back in BBL Supercoach. It came right, Diabolic Ankle uh, is his name. Um, diabolical angle. What a, a man came and snatched it in the last round. He's gone back to back in BBL Super Coach, which is unbelievable to me. You and I are big Super Coach nuffies. Mm. We know how hard Super Coach is for you to be able to do it back to back. You are not just a great player, you are a supreme, unbelievable oh, yeah. Super Coach player. To win it once is hard enough. Like, that puts you in like the Hall of Fame sort yeah. of thing of Supercoach. To win it twice, cement your status as the GOAT, okay? And to win it two times in a row, especially. Uh, no, that was just sensational. I was up at that night trying to think, trying to find out, well, did he go back to back? Because that would be sensational if he did. And sure enough, he did. And that was, well, but, yeah, I was in shock. Yeah. I mean, look, I sort of didn't finish off the year in some ways. I didn't finish off the year like I wanted to, but it really put me in a good mood. He seems like a nice bloke. He's very accommodating to everyone on there for chats Mm -hmm. and just a good all round bloke. I love the fact it's just a good narrative. You know, he's gone and um, snatched two in a row. I, I had to leave a comment on there saying you've etched your name in the stories of greatness when it comes to super coach. I think in um, AFL fantasy, someone might've gone and, and grabbed a win twice. I don't know if it was back to back or not, but I think super coach is harder. And I just reckon there's mm. a good chance it'll never, ever be repeated again. I'm going to tip him to go a three Pete. I wonder if they should put some money on it. Oh man. Only sports bet did odds. I mean, imagine if he wanted to um, run a Patreon. He's like, it's going to be $100 a month. You'd almost be tempted to sign up. Show me how you win it, mate. You just won two in a row. Yeah. Like, uh, I think Honeyball did an interview with him at the start of this season, going through strategies and all that. Let me see if I can find it here. But it was fascinating. And in hindsight, I'm just going to follow exactly what he does next time. Yeah, I love to chat with him too because I think it's just um, a really calm, methodical sort of way to play it. I'm an emotional player and I play some silly things sometimes. Look, while we're on that subject, let's talk about um, look how we went in the final round, how our final rank uh, landed. I think I should go first because I sucked more than you, (laughs) which means I should probably go first. Um, In the last round, where are you, Ado? What did you get? Uh, I'm so sad. I don't even know. Where's my, I've just updated the app and everything, and I still don't know how to use it. All right. I finished with an 846, which I think was probably a bit underpass. Yeah, it was because I went down 150 spots. I finished in 510th for the year. So 
Uh, I started stronger than you and you came home much stronger than me. There was a point, a good point, not too far out from the end of the season where I was beating you. Um, but look, I've, I've, I sort of petered out a little bit. Um, 510. I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I, in the top thousand, I'm always happy if I can do that. I like to go for top 100. Um, you do know I'm a big cashy player. And I did in the last two rounds, I was like, I need to win these head to heads. Um, to make the finals. And then in the finals, I had to just match. Um, in one of my head-to-head finals, the guy had um, two more double players than me. One was um, Caleb Jewell, and I was worried about him. I was going to bring in Steve Smith, uh, but I was like, it's better for me just to match him um, with the Caleb Jewell, who I, I had on the bench for a loop and didn't even use him anyway. Of course, that's the way it works. But I played absolutely specifically head-to-heads to win those head-to-heads. And I did, and I cleaned up, you know, I cleaned over a thousand bucks in in the cashies, which I consider to be a, a good thing. When I know that I'm not going to have, you know, I'm not going to finish top 100, and I knew I wasn't going to finish top 100, I was like, let's just win these cashies if we can. Um, so 510. Um, look, it wasn't the best year in the world for me, uh, but look, I think. You know, most of the year in the top 100, sort of around there and up the pointy end. You, everyone's got to think of a time. I see a lot of people going, look, at this point, it's four rounds out. I went for the big Hail Mary to try to really push for it, and it didn't come off. Now I'm in 800th. I sort of had a bit of that. I A few rounds back, as you know, I, do, I did, when Matt Short seemingly failed with a 50, I, I put the captain on Ben McDermott and got zero as a captain, um, which was probably the turning point of my season. Um, and I VC'd him in the final round as well to even give myself another chance at that ceiling play. Ada <laughs> uh, just couldn't get his get his mind off Ben McDermott. But uh, um, So not the best year in the world, but I'm glad to have cleaned up some cash uh, in the cashies. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, so I finished with a score of 1,015 in the last round. Uh, I basically, I played a pretty vanilla in that final round. I was going to go really shake things up. I was going to get Fahim Ashraf and a couple of Neville Nobodies who <laughs> wouldn't have done too well, but I, I decided, you know what? I, I'm only 20 spots off the top 100. I'll just play it safe. We'll stick with, every, with the crowd. And that worked quite well. Yep. So I, I ended up finishing 77th overall. Wow. Uh, a very late resurgence, mm. mainly off the back of Steve Smith, who I who I owned yeah. for both of his cunts. Yeah, that was a turning so, point for me. Is not not grabbing Steve Smith and then sitting there in the crowd watching it happen was frigging hard. I just couldn't believe that I didn't go him. Uh, what an absolute dynamic thing! You know, people are like, yeah. "Oh, great job, Warner, getting these and and Travis Head." On the back of what Steve Smith did, I reckon the test players and the big names coming back in was well worth it. That was probably the turning point where you overtook me and finished ahead. If I'd have got Steve Smith, I reckon I would have been right up in the pointy end um, of of the ranking. So it was well done. You finished inside the top 100. I saw on the old socials someone go, oh, I'm surprised you landed that high with your terrible advice. You give good <laughs> advice. Sometimes you, oh, you, no, you, know, you I, go the old I, weird one, but... Kelly, Tom, Tom, Kelly from the old um, <laughs> Scorches there. That was a bit of an odd one. I, I've had it. No, he's right. I have had an absolute shock of advice this year. I, uh, I've i played it too safe with the advice I was saying on the, to him. I played too safe with my advice and I went too risky with my own team. Mm-hmm. And the risks actually paid off this year. They don't usually. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So maybe I should just tell them what I'm doing and that what I'm doing is the best thing to do and let's see how that goes next year. 
Yeah. Um, I think, well, well, look, a highlight for me, um, look, I probably, you know, nailing the big match short score as captain was probably, I think that's the case for everyone. I think it was just one that was commonly um, picked. You know, I don't think it would, it would have hurt much more if you didn't do that, um, which I was, I guess I was happy with. Um, the low light was obviously McDermott um, with the zero points as captain. You never want to get that. He mate, he's going to be like 70,000 next year. Yeah. Um, um, will I start with him next year? Definitely at that price. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know if you'll make the team, to be quite honest. Um, so, yeah, look, Matt Short was a highlight um, and, and, and probably Ben McDermott was a low light, probably closely followed by um, Stoinis. Um, he, I stuffed around and got a few things wrong with him. Darcy Short, and you know, there's a few in there that I kind of thought might have been on for an, a resurgence. In a way, I was thinking about them like, I was thinking about Stoinis, like Inglis and Stoinis are an absolute bargain. They'll be... T- near 200k for the whole tournament well that was true with inglis but not with um with stoin um zero points as captain you kind of as soon as i got zero points as captain i was like well i'm not getting a top 100 now yeah so um that was probably my low light um what about yourself um my low light well i think well matthew kelly in the second round was probably my low light which is maybe a bit not low enough. Um, no, I think Matt Kelly definitely was a low light for me in that second round. I, he only played one game, got 40 points, the double. Um, and because I, I warned you off it. I warned you off it. You warned me off it. Everyone warned me off it, actually. And I was like, you know what? No, this is my year. I'm going to do it. And sure enough, it backfired. And that's when I was like, okay, just start playing for overall rank rather than the win. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there was the unfortunate situation where I couldn't actually ever um, bench Luke Ben McDermott in the last five rounds. So I've, I've had all of his terrible scores for the last five rounds. Um, I had no way of defending it. I could have played Inglis up there, but then I would have, you know, I would have lost me somewhere else with too many batters or had either too many bowlers for the move people down. Ended up being... I just had to play Ben McDermott as my starting wicketkeeper and put Inglis in my batting. And I couldn't. It's, it's I, been one of the all-time stinker years in uh, in, in BBL, i tell you that much. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the season highlights and the season lowlights. Um, three highlights. Uh, well, I mean, we'll go one highlight each because, you know, there's probably a lot in there that are going to be mm-hmm. similar. I keep referring back to the match short um, hundred on the last ball to win the game. Uh, that was amazing to watch, and particularly when your super coach is matching up because everything's going swimmingly. Your super coach is your VC or C, uh, and it was a really great moment. You always love those last. It was like Bevan, you know, the last ball sort yeah. of win uh, ball to win it, and then go to his hundred. Matt Short has just got so much swag, you know. Um, I just love the way he goes about his business. I'd love for him to go over the IPL. I can't believe he's not gone over there and just got some decent crumb. Good bowl, solid bowl, better than part-time, terrific fielder, and just the kind of yeah. batter that can take a game away completely from uh, the opposition. I thought it was great. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, so my favourite's going to be pretty obvious. It's going to be those Steve Smith twin tons. Yeah. Uh, just that it was incredible to watch him do that, like, he looked so far above everyone else yeah. batting on that on each of these grounds. Like 
he doubled what the Sydney Thunder scored. He was no one got anywhere near him in that Sydney smash in terms of a high score. Um, and then at Coffs Harbour, you know, that ended up being kind of a tricky wicket to bat on. Like it wasn't as good as what Steve Smith made it look. And he never really got him. He never got himself out. The only way he got out was because he got barbecued by Henriquez in those two he games. He got a few chances in there too. Things that oh, he's, he's lucky. He's <laughs> very lucky. Um, but no, that, well, was, I was at the Sydney Smash and the hitting in that game, the hitting, it was just yeah. phenomenal. You just watch him and you're like, no wonder he's up in the circles of the greatest of you know all time or in, in the yeah. world at the moment. He was so good. Back, He came in and nearly took out like the best, the points, all the points for the best mm. player. And he's, you know, got the highest average of all the players. He just came in uh, like a, an absolute missile into the BPL. Yeah. And it was that, I think what did it for me, sealed the moment that that was, this is truly spectacular to watch, was when he stepped across to Daniel Sams, got down one knee and sort of almost essentially ended up pulling him for six because it wasn't quite where he thought it was, but he still managed to sort of get his wrists around it and just hit it straight into the crowd, went went far away, and that was just a shot that they will, will forever stick in my mind mm-hmm. when I think of BBL 12. Yep. Um, another highlight for me was Big uh, Brown there up at the heat. Not There wasn't much outside of this for him, but when he was doing that hitting, just like yeah. – uh, a really stable base, like a, an absolute thug. He was just thugging yeah. the ball uh, and just hitting him miles. And and like you can see when you can see an opposition, like how the hell are we going to stop this? You can just see it in their body language. Um, and he sort of just came on and became an a, an icon, a cult sort of um, type. For, he makes his own bats. He's a quiet sort of lad. And he's just a little lump of a thing that come out and, you know, Tonked it. I think, um, you know, he's got to be there for next year. I think it's, he's the right kind of attitude for the front. I don't think that he's going to get – the mind's going to get too messy. I think he's just going to go out and hit. I think maybe mm. he did try to play it a little safer as the tournament went on. But that kind of hitting um, is good to see in a big bash um, competition. No, it is. And it was – there was that game against the Sixers where he – was it against the Sixers? Yeah, I think it – no, it wasn't. Oh. It was the game of – Four, he played the Sixers, where he scored like 62. Oh, it was against the Sixers. Uh, it was 62 of 27 at the Gabba. Like, he just went ballistic. And I was like, okay, I don't think we can stop him. And I was, I conceded defeat at that point before. Mm-hmm. And it was halfway through the first innings, you know? Mm. That was, yeah. No. Anything for you? Uh, oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, no, I think another highlight for me was. Having both the hat tricks, <laughs> this BBL, mm. um, Michael Neese is one of the first couple of overs in the power play. That was something to watch. Um, you'd be calling it all preseason that Neese was going to stand out this year, and he sure enough he did. I think mm. he nearly won the MVP votes. Um, I think he might have actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. So yeah, uh, Michael Neese was a standout with that hat-trick as, and just it, he, him in general this season was a standout. Um, I, I did like how the, oh, of course, the best moment for me outside of Steve Smith's twin tons was Zampa trying to run out 
Tom Rogers at the non-strikers end. Oh, he he woke up the giant, didn't he, with that one? Oh. Um, but the old man cad. Yeah, the old man cad, and half an hour later, an hour later, he Tom Rogers had five for fifteen and had terrorised uh, the Melbourne Stars. The only, but that's also a low light for me because I trained Tom Rogers out thirty minutes before that game started. <laughs> Um, a highlight for me was one Patrick Dooley. What a what a man! I love him. He's he's just got the uh, energy, hasn't he? He's a bit of a wild animal of a thing. I love the celebrations. I love the energy. I love the weird bowling style. I was sort of like um, the same as you. I was like, well, he might be sort of a half a seasoner, but he was really the anchor of their yeah. spin attack for sure. Uh, and I don't think I think because he's. He's never easy to pick. I think others might get a bit more used to him, a la like um, Rashid. But I just yes. still think that sometimes it'll come out looking, a, you know, like a, a, the traditional offie and it confuses people just because of the way that it comes out of his hand. So I think sometimes he will just trick people, you know. Um, he had a really good season. It was a pity that, um, you know, injured towards the end of the season for him. Uh, I think they could have really used him, but watching him run around this year, because, you know, he came in as the COVID replacement player, you know, remember for the Heat? Yeah. The first resort, you know, and he's gone and jagged a contract, and I think he took it with both hands and became someone that was really enjoyable to watch in the BBL. Yeah. No, that was one of the uh, good stories of this year. And... I, I've got to say, I got that very badly wrong. I thought for sure he'd be figured out pretty quickly. And, uh, well, no, he wasn't. Um, so I, I hope that he just keeps going about his way and keeps performing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my final uh, highlight for me was, well, I don't think I could put a specific moment on it, but finally having the emergence of Will Sutherland. I mean, it had been a long time coming. We were just sitting there waiting for when it was going to happen. It's finally happened, you know. He's a super coach. He's a gun scorer now, really. Mm. Yeah, he finished the season with a 51 average. But if you comb a little bit deeper, it was a high 60s when there was no Andre Russell. Uh, So I think he'll be someone that will be a popular selection to start the year with because he's still 15 points undervalued. Um and yeah no I'll definitely be owning him next year and he he was very good he was he yeah. was very good in the back part of this year. Yep, we've been waiting for him to emerge and he and he certainly did do that this year. The low lights I guess for me is how do you shit the bed like the Brisbane Heat did against um you know what's the name the other day and miss their home final Hurricanes yeah yeah oh that was uh. That was certainly something to watch. I I didn't quite watch the game live, so I went back and watched the KMini of that, and that was it. Was like I mean, all they had to do was hold their bat there, you know, in the covering the middle stump, and they would have still been able to get a run or two more. It was just like, you know, is there some bets on here? You know, some betting rorting going. How yeah. do you drop that one? Uh, yeah. So that was probably a low light. I mean, look, I'm no Heat fan, but. They've had a pretty good season. I think their energy, I think it's a real advantage for them playing at the Gabba, don't you reckon? Yeah, no, I think it is. And To drop uh, that. The uh, Thunder would have been nervous watching that game too because, you know, if if the Heat won, um, then, you know, they didn't have to worry about the result in the final game, which they nearly butchered. 
they nearly butchered the result. Like, they nearly lost an unlosable game, really, again. Yep. Uh, uh, my low loss, um, i got to say, maybe Matt Short's finish to BBL 12 yeah, it was in a the regular bit, season. Um, milder, wasn't it, than uh, what we'd like, seen at the start? They, their whole team, the, the strikers in Yeah, their finish was shocking. Ever since Chris Linda, the wheels fell off, which is something I didn't never thought I'd say this year. But no, it was it it actually it showed how important Chris Lynn was to them. And uh no, it was a very disappointing finish. Matt Short lost all composure and kept getting finding new ways to get himself out in the back part. Um but fortunately that just drops his price for next year. So Yep. You know, I'm I'm all here for, I'm here for it. Melbourne Stars, they've got to get an, uh, a mention on the old lowlights for me. What a basket case they are. Uh, look, it's not great when you lose Maxwell and Stoinis for good portions of the year. I felt like, um, you know, Stoinis was phoning it in a little bit as well. Uh, look, they had some other players that I think they can take away some highlights. Bo Webster uh, in there was very good. Um, uh, you know, I just thought that they... They didn't like you, when you look at the professional outfits like the Sixers and the um, Scorchers. They that's an energy that uh, I think these other teams like the Stars should be trying to replicate. Maybe you don't do it the same way, but you need to find the professionalism, the energy, the pride um, in performance. Uh, you know those kind of things. I didn't really see that from the Stars this year, and they were a real disappointment. Haven't I mean they should be a hell of a lot more successful. Um, and then they've been as a franchise. I know that they they did a shit the bed in the final ones as well. Um, but I thought they really lost a lot once Bolt left, to be quite honest. Um, mm. And Bolt was okay, with, but he was still a handful for any batter facing him, as we expect from Bolt. Uh, but look, they just, I really, I think, that, I know they've hunted the coach, haven't they? The coach is done. Yep. Dave Hussey's quit. Um, it looks like he's done for his coaching career now. Uh, yeah, I think he overthought it, to be honest. I think he, he was a perennial overthinker. Um, he had a good scent, but I reckon his overthinking might be more suited for commentary rather than actual coaching. Yeah. I think the other hussy would be a better coach, personally. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. Uh, anything else for you, Lowlight? Um, no, not for me, no. I think I'm I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I've got to say probably Lowlight would be... Oh, I mean, a couple of the key hurricanes in there. Matty Wade, a bit of suspension, a bit of, you know, I think there was poor leadership in there. It didn't look like a well-led team. Um, you know, and I think that some of their big guns failed to fire, you know, Ben McDermott. We're relying on people like Caleb Jewell, who stood up, I guess, unpredictably at, at times um, in there. But I just think they really, um, I don't know, they just didn't have the right mojo this year, did they? And one of the favourite teams... On paper, we we were tipping them. Yeah, the Hurricanes. Yeah, no, they were. They should have really made finals comfortably. They should have been pushing the Sixers and the Scorchers really with that roster. Um, no, it was really disappointing for them. Yep, disappointing. Uh, what's something you've learned from Supercoach this year? Um, what have I learned? Uh, the old adage, "If in doubt, pick the bowler," is a very important thing to follow. And I should have followed it more often than I did this year. Yeah. I think for me, um, we convinced ourselves that that wasn't a thing because we were like, Oh, you know, you can go batters, you know, it seems like the year of batters, 
I can't believe that I went out and actually captained Ben McDermott, you know, after Matt Short scored a 50. You're like, no, no, no. Matt Short failed. Go an all-rounder, mate. Grab a Nisa or, you know, uh, you know, a bankable death bowler like Sean Abbott or something. You know, I, I was just, I play, I get in these moods. I think it uh, balances out with this. Look, what I noticed from the winner, how you like me now? Calm and sensible play. I paid out winners, um, Tyrone. I've mentioned him on the podcast as a good player. He plays calm and sensitive and he doesn't get emotional. For me, I'm too reactionary at times. Oh, I don't like how my team's going. I better throw a Hail Mary captain or a Hail Mary trade, um, which in the end, it hurts me more than if I just played it the way that I you know, played the numbers and just accepted that I'd be 20 points lower instead of going and doing a Hail Mary and landing 100 points lower. Uh, so just to play a little bit more um, sterile, not making, I sometimes go a risk, but do do educated risks and just keep you calm, which I don't think I do enough. You know, I I did what I do every bloody season, really. I go so well. And then at the end, I, I want too much and I go and lose a couple of spots at the end, you know? Um, mm. So that was probably what I learned. Um, our end of season awards, um, you can kick it off with our wicket keeper, Player of the Year Award. Who is it? Alrighty. Well, I think this one's pretty simple, isn't it? Josh Inglis. You yeah, know, that's he, who I had. <laughs> stood out by far this year. Uh, average of just under 58. Uh, ended up leading wicket keepers in averages and points per game. So, yep. uh, and general points, I mean, sorry. Yep. Started so, at an absolute yeah. bargain. Um, and you, it was a really dusty old position this year, wasn't it? Keeper. Yeah, no, it was because there was no good batters, right? And it ended up being beneficial to him that he batted down the order. Yeah. So he ended up coming in and just polishing off whatever the Scorchers needed him to chase, essentially. And often the openers failed and Hardy or, um, well, I suppose in the back part they didn't, did they? Like Bancroft was really good there. But my point still stands, you know, he was very actively involved in run chases. And definitely. Well, I had the same person. Um, when it comes to comes to the Batter of the Year award for me, it's Matt Short. I know it's boring, um, but a bloke who's averaging seventy eight point eight. Um, look, you could give it to Steve Smith, but that was four games, wasn't it? Um, so yeah. over a fourteen game stint uh, with Matt Short, I've got to give it to him. He's also got that handy jewel as well, which is always useful for Super Coach. Uh, look. You, you always need a steady force in your team. And, and I, I think that the rule was always have a VC or C or Matt Short. That means you're a bloody good player. He's averaged 78.8. People were wondering whether he would do that, and he did. I thought he was exceptional yeah. this year. No, I've got I've gone the same as you. Um, he just seemed far and away the best super coach option the entire year. Yeah, he finished a bit slow, but he still managed to put out 1,100 points, which is uh, nothing short of remarkable when you look at last year and the most points was again scored by Matthew Short at 885. So I look at that and I'm thinking, well, Matt Short's definitely had an all-time season this year uh, and well done to him. Yep. Uh, Your bowling uh, performance uh, player. Uh, Yeah. It wasn't as clear cut because there were so many good bowls. Mm. Um, and it ended up coming down to, oh, I think I went, I looked at four options, and the four options were Michael Nisa, uh, Sean Abbott, Tom Rogers, and Andrew Ty. Mm. All right. Um, 
I, I ruled out Michael Reese straight away. He was a bit too inconsistent to win the bowler of the year. I ruled out Sean Abbott because he only was really good for the last, you know, five-ish rounds, five, six rounds of the season. And so it came down to Tom Rogers versus Andrew Ty. And I went with the most consistent option, and that was Andrew Ty. I think his his lowest score this entire year was 28. 28 points. And then yeah. he was oh, – 29 even. 29 points, and that is remarkable for a bowler. And he didn't take a wicket, I don't think. Or if he did, it was one. But when you, in comparison, Tom Rogers had uh, three score, four scores under 30. So I think that was an easy, that ends up being pretty easy for me. Yep. I mean, Ty was in there for me and Rogers, but I'm giving my award to Paddy Dooley. Well Paddy done. Dooley came in at a cheap price. You talk about lows and highs. Paddy Dooley had a 22, he had a 40. And then his next lowest score of the year was 51. So when you jump to 51 by your third game, you have had a remarkable season. 52, 132, 56, 67, 22, 40, um, 56, 94, 51, 76 to finish the year. Now, look, uh, he did finish off a little bit injured and, and the Hurricanes sort of petered out uh, you know, uh, quite a bit. Um, but he had a ripping year. I think people... Um, you know, people who ha- had Paddy Julian, they just held him all year. You never got really a terrible score out of him at all, did you? You got 120 and then you got a 40 and you're straight up into a 50. The smart play yeah. would have been to just have him all year long. Yeah. I, f- I forgot. Uh, I'll, we'll, be, we'll be very brave on this. My overall entire highlight of the year was bringing in Paddy Dooley when he was 70,000 and then he scored 130 points. Yeah. Yeah. That was the highlight of the year for me. Absolute highlight. You know, I just needed a player who was playing at under 85,000. I already had Israel Harkin from the Sixers. So I was like, okay, well, Paddy's playing. We'll just bring in Paddy, put him on the bench when he makes some money. 131 points. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> yeah. Can't go Back wrong. So I give it to him just because <laughs> you kind of expect that from Ty, but Paddy Dooley, I think, announced himself yeah. this year. Um, your performance of the year? My performance of the year was Steve Smith's 176 points. That ton, the run out and the catch, it was just... An all-arounder. It was great. Great to watch. Um, uh, I, had, I had him as well. Uh, all short with his 188. That's a monster score. Um, clear standouts for mine. Yeah. No, they were, even, they uh, The were. reason why Steve Smith probably wins it is because less people owned him. Everyone owned back. Yeah. And the 188 was the double, I'm pretty sure, in the end. The ones he scored one seventy three when he got the time against the yeah oh, right well there you go so still yeah. a good score so it's um, a very good score yep yep uh so my batter rookie of the year um I went with Tom Rogers from the Melbourne Stars um the criteria for the rookie of the year was you played less than five BBL matches in your career uh, and so it wasn't based on price at all. Tom Rogers, you know, he was really only in the super coach. He's only in the plans of super coaches from probably, uh, I'm going to say, a week out from the start of the season. We all thought that you know, he was a shot at opening the batting, and he was, he did, and he averaged 35 doing so. He improved as the season went on, and I think, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see him go on a run of form next year and, you know, search up to that $175,000 sort of range at some point next year. Yeah, I think they found, they sort of unearthed a, um, a good one. Um, yeah. I can't say, well, I mean, I'd probably say Brown. I know that there wasn't that many good scores in there, but I think it was the right 
um, nature for what they need there yeah. at the top of the order. He just totally takes the pressure off the other batter because you do not have to mo- push the the rate. He he will just do it. And uh, I know he's not young, young is he? But I think um, he's worth yeah. he's worth a, a try next year. They lost Lynn. You know, you've never got it out of who's old mate that I Brian. Brian for years. I think Brown is the right thing. I think he's like Paddy Dooley. Uh, he's got some sort of cult status type yeah. stuff to him as well. I think he'll put bums on seats. Um, and I think if he just um, keeps a clear mind, I reckon he'll start at the top of the order next year. He'll be better yeah. for having his first season in there, done and dusted. Uh, and I think he'll be good. Uh, and also an honorable mention there to that, the bowl, Spencer Johnson. Um, maybe didn't trans oh. is it? Oh, he's bowl. That we haven't yeah, done. Yeah. Oh, we've, well, we've there got, you go. I'm giving away bowl. I'm giving away bowl. Spencer Johnson. Um, give the handful. Um, I, I like him there. I know he's not young either. And a lot of them are like, well, we've, we've known him in the circles, but he's been a bit injured at times. Uh, he looked tough to hit. Yeah. He um, looked seriously quick, didn't he? Yeah. And I think um, the heat of, I think they were one um, weapon, like a Meredith type speed bowler short. You know, it yeah. was all Nisa. It's no surprise to me that the Heat started winning. They got three, four in a row. It coincided with him coming in. I think yeah. he was um, one of the real finds. Uh, you know, we were talking about in the start of the season as being a loop. He came in and didn't get dropped again, and I think he really complimented their outfit. Yeah. He would have been a good pick. If he went with enough, and then he comes in and he starts scoring well enough, you know, uh, you'd be laughing if you pick Spencer Johnson from round one as enough. Um, no, my bowler rookie of the year uh, was Paddy Dooley. Now, of course, you had him as your bowler of the year, so that makes sense why he's not your rookie. Uh, but I went with Paddy Dooley. And he played the one game, and he just came out, and he was on fire, as, as you said earlier. Like, it was nothing short of sensational. It was great to watch. And I just hope that he keeps doing his thing next year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who, was your, yeah, who was your breakout player of the year? Um, I think the breakout player of the year, um, look, you know, it's, it's hard to go past, um, who are we talking about just before we were waiting for him for years? Oh, Sutherland. Sutherland. I thought yeah. Sutherland has come on, um, in leaps and bounds this year. Um, you know, Inglis was great. Ty was great. You expect that from them. Matt Short. Um, he was one of those ones I think that we could we we probably weren't expecting much. We're like, he's got so much talent. Why doesn't he do it? Really good to see him um do that. Uh and yeah, I think breakout player, um who else? You you remind me of who who you think. Yeah, I mean Dooley broke out. Um yeah. Sullen broke out. Uh, Josh Brown probably next year he breaks out, yeah. I would say. Uh Lynn. Lynn probably would have won a comeback player of the year award if I put yeah. that in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I think I thought Hardy, Hardy of, was um Hardy, yeah. broke out this year, didn't he? Um yeah. Oh Webster as well. I mean, but that was because of circumstances opening up for these guys, uh, where some yeah. of the bigger names were out, like Mitch Marsh. I don't think Hardy would have got to go. And they really just stood into the those gaps that were created, and I thought they broke out as very good players for their franchises um this year. Yeah, no. Um, they were all. There was a few players that really broke out, but I think I'm, I'm in agreement with you. The number one breakout player of the year was Will Sutherland. Uh, he really did perform 
way above everyone's expectations, you know. I remember in the preseason we were all saying, oh, he's going to do it again, isn't he? He's going to lure us in with these good Sheffield Shield performances and then churn out nothing in the big bash. And it looks like that's what he was on pace for early on. You know, he averaged less than 10 early on. And then uh, as soon as Andre Russell left, he started scoring like a dead set gun. Um, So fair play to him. He's done really well. Um, And, of course, we'll move on to the big award, the MVP. Who's your MVP, Adam? Who did you give the least valuable player, the spud? Oh, the least valuable. I mean, (laughs) uh, yeah, that was... uh, I had a tough time picking between Ben McDermott and Marcus Stoinis. Well, I'll tell you, um, I think all... it's got to be Ben Sorry. McDermott because he started over 200K. He was the most expensive player in the game. Yeah, it, it could be that. But remember all the hype we put on Marcus Stoinis? You know, he's going to return to his BBLO eight days. There's no reason for him not to do well. But we found a reason. Form. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go the biggest spot was Marcus Stoinis. Yeah, I'm going to say Ben McDermott because, I mean, Stoinel just, you know, he's he can at least blame injury and COVID. You've got other things he can blame it on. Ben McDermott, yeah. he, from being... Oh, he had, he had a hammy. Yeah, well, he, he, he had a shocker. He had a bloody shocker. Um, your MVP? MVP. All right, here we go. Drop roll. Natural shock horror. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, how, how could it not be? Right. Yeah. Yep. He scored so well this year. He was the cornerstone of every good team. Um, for those who had doubts that he'd back it up, I think we've quashed them. He's a bit like Isaiah Papali'i of the NR of the BBL Supercoach world, you know. He's now forever gonna be a gun. Yeah. I'm just calling it there. Yeah, I mean, he didn't bowl much towards the end of the tournament, which was a bit disappointing. Like you said, he did get a, get out a couple of times, um, but he was so bankable for most of the year. And and when he started to get the bad scores, everyone would have had him anyway. So um, he's an amazing player. Players like um, him and Ty, you know, you just lock one in, and, and Rogers and Abbott. You, you lock those guys into your bat bowl and then you build around them. Uh you know, when you're moving players out of your team because they're on the bye, you, you hold your match shorts. You don't get rid of him. You just keep him there and save a trade. Um, he, it was an absolutely terrific season. Uh, I want to say thank you to all the listeners. Um, Super Coach Guns and Adrianosaurus, um, we've had a real pleasure um, presenting uh, BBL Super Coach to you. I've been getting some lovely messages. I got a message from a lady last um, evening. She said that she's been secretly listening to us and didn't put her husband onto us because he didn't he didn't know about us. And she just won the seven hundred dollars cashy and won her league. Um, following our tips, which was really nice to hear. Um, because I'm like, oh yeah, we got you into the cash. Um, so yeah, I, I really want to thank the listeners, and I, I'm I hope that you've enjoyed the content. We've really um enjoyed bringing it out to you and giving it to you. We're also doing NRL stuff as well. Um. We, and if you're an NRL fan, unfortunately, we're, I'm a social player when it comes to AFL, but I'm certainly not qualified to give any advice oh. on AFL Super Coach. So it'll be just um, the NRL for us moving forward. Um, but it's been a real pleasure to have you. And Nathan, also, uh, I'm generally a solo podcast, but I've discovered that I do, as long as I go with people I enjoy um, chatting Super Coach with, I, I can do, um, you know, co-hosting with other people. So it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, and, 
you know, if I wasn't so um, a wild cowboy of a player, I think we both would have stormed home nicely into the top 100. But like I said, I won some cashies, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. This has been a, a great year. I think you not only do the listeners benefit from having two voices, but I think we benefit talking to other people and going, planning our podcast, you know, doing that extra you know, 5 10% of research. I think it's elevated us, and I think our discussions have elevated each other. So, like, you know, thank you for having me. And um, I'm pretty, pretty certain I wouldn't have gotten where I did without talking to you. Oh, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Um, well, we'll be back again next year for the BBL Super Coach. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't. Um, and thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you uh, next season. Yep. See you then. Tight. Oh, it's four. Oh, Look at the look on his face. He's just, well, that's what I do.